cricket Dreaming about a premiership cup We love our clubs but they never win Two flags in 100 years That shit house if you think we'll be insightful Clever or just well researched to say that's not the case We'll just go out and wing it We are two guys, one cup It is Wednesday, the 15th of July Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast My name is Will Anderson And my name is Charlie Clawson And Will, we've been slotted in for our first night game of the year uh, We've had the very unsexy time slot of 11am on a Wednesday normally but uh, now this is two guys, one cup after dark. We can, we can really let loose. We can really say what we feel about the state of the game. The state of the game, Will. It's a mess. And what I'd like to say is, that's enough footy chat for this week. Let's do pocket <laughs> profile pocket. <laughs> All right, straight into it. First one. Here we go. No, got, um, what, what I was going to say, it would be great if, because we are recording this at night time, which is the first time we've recorded a nighttime one for a very long time, and this is the first one I'm drinking in for a very long time because despite the fact that, you know, lockdown has been hard, I haven't started drinking, you know, most of the time at 10.30 on a Wednesday morning when we record this <laughs> podcast. So uh, it's eight o'clock at night. I've had a few beers. <laughs> There's a hole in the market now that Sam Newman and Mike Sheehan and Don Scott have gone away, Charlie, that can be filled with us. It's intergenerational racism. We could really... I mean, obviously, we won't go after Nicky Winmar being a you know a, a legendary Bulldogs player, but we could find yeah. someone else to target. Well, I think you're right. It is intergenerational. The Boomers have had their say. It's time to hear from Generation X, the apathy generation. What do we feel about yeah. the state of football right now? Meh. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? That is true. I think you and I, after last weekend, both feel a bit meh about football. I mean... I didn't actually watch the game live. I had a bunch of stuff on. I checked the score at quarter time. Classic, classic misleading setup. I checked the score at quarter time. And I even said to Gemma, oh my God, I said, we are killing them. I said, I think we might play in the grand final this year. <laughs> Famous last words. Check the score two hours later. And what the fuck happened? What the fuck happened? Well, I watched it. Have you watched it since? Have you yes. watched yes. the game? Yeah, you, you go first. Give me your thoughts. Well, I was watching it live. And... Right. I was, mate, you would have been more excited if you'd been watching it. I'm glad you only saw the score and got that level of excited because you, if you just watched that first quarter live, I mean, you've seen it since, but imagine watching it not knowing what the result was going to be. You watch that first quarter and you're just like, St Kilda are going to win this by like 150 points. Like, and they're going to play 12-minute quarters. They'll go, it's not fair to play the full 16. You know, like it was incredible. Electric. And then the other... And then they were terrible for like two quarters. The next two quarters, they were just absolutely terrible. And then they mm. almost they almost snuck and got it at the end. In fact, yeah. I think the thing that probably would disappoint people the most, and I don't know, you, you can tell me, you're the one who's closer <laughs> to it. But for me, it wouldn't be that they played so badly for two quarters because I understand in such a weird season that that could just happen. It was the fact mm. that they got there and then didn't win. Couldn't get because it. Because I think yeah. that St Kilda did all the work to win it and then weren't able to win it. Well, let me say this. I, it took me a while to watch the replay because I was so disappointed. And I just was like, I couldn't even bring myself to watch that first quarter because I'm like, what's the point? And then uh, something I've discovered about uh, being the dad of a, a young baby, and other dads have told me this in, in the last few days, 
is that um, when you have a kid, because you can't always watch a game live, you'll find yourself watching a game of football at a very odd time. So 7 a.m. on Monday morning, <laughs> I sat down to watch the replay and uh, I was expecting the worst. But I actually, we did play badly in those middle two quarters, but when we decided to switch on again, we did switch it on again. So I came out of it going, you know what? It's not that bad. Like it's, it's unforgivable to give up a, a six-goal lead when you're killing them all over the place. But the talent's there. We can, switch, we can switch it on again. And also, we've got like the second youngest list in the league. We brought in five new players over the preseason. There's going to be connection issues from time to time. But the way the fans reacted, I think Saints fans have been like beaten dogs for so long. And finally someone comes to the pound and they come up to our cage and they point to us and they say, you, you. And we come out of the cage and we're a bit tentative, but then they take us to this park and we can run as far as we go. And then we get home and there's a big soft bed and they give us a bath and we're thinking, all right, maybe things are going to be different now. Maybe things are going to be different now. And then we get led to what we assume is going to be our luxury kennel, but they open the door and they just kick us out and we're back to the pound once more. That's what it feels like. Yeah. What you were in, indulging in just then was classic loser team talk. And I know, I yes. recognize it, which is, <laughs> oh, yeah. you just do that thing of just going, yeah, but how good were we in that first quarter? If we could just play that well for all the quarters, we'll be the best team in the entire competition. But unfortunately, there just isn't a natural progression between playing that well in one quarter and playing that well for four quarters. But I, I didn't think there was heaps to hate about the Saints, to be honest. I, I enjoyed the game and I thought when they played well, they played so well that it would give you a lot of hope and they just stopped playing for a little while. Yeah, and I think too that a lot of the a lot of that anger is is not... It wasn't that game. It's been 10 years of mediocrity. It's been 10 years of a failed rebuild. It's been 10 years of the road to 2018 that didn't materialise. Like... I see a lot of similarities and I'm not saying that we're going to win a flag or anything, but I see a lot of similarities where we are now to where Richmond were in like 2016. I mean, people seem to forget in that 2017 year, the first half of the year, Richmond were terrible. They lost two games in a row where they were leading in time on in the last quarter and but and two weeks in a row, a team came from behind and beat them. Round 13, we trounced them. We, we kicked like eight goals in the first quarter and beat them by almost 60 points. And then they did went on to not lose another game and win the premiership. Like, I feel like it's such a hotbed AFL fandom. Like, and people their loyalties and their opinions switch so quickly from team to team. Like, people are angry at Hawthorne and then they're angry at North Melbourne. And two weeks ago, Collingwood were terrible and falling apart. Now they're premiership favourites again. Like, it's it's like dating someone with a personality disorder. You just never know who's going to show up. And sometimes they make you feel great, and sometimes you feel terrible. I've resign myself to that's what this season will be yeah i i i i my tipping from now on might just be if someone's going well they're probably due to go badly for reasons <laughs> that i can't explain <laughs> that's basically what this season is like i'm wrapped to be playing essendon this week if we're still playing essendon this week you can't actually predict anything in this modern day <laughs> game but uh because they've been flying you know they've mm. got to be almost like the, loss. you know yeah, they're due to a loss. Yeah, yeah. Keep yeah. talking about how good they are all week. That's the best yeah. thing that could possibly happen to us for this weekend. Well, that's what happened to the Bulldogs leading up to the game on the weekend. You'd won three on the trot. You'd found your mojo back. The Bulldogs, Bulldogs evolved were back. Mark Spontempelli's leading from the front. Bailey Smith's so exciting. And then it just... Is, that, is it just our 
is it just our teams because that loser aura that this thing happens, or is this every team? You just when you view it through your team's prism, it just feels more regular to you. Well, every team apart from you know Geelong, Hawthorne. <laughs> Geelong and Hawthorne, yeah. you know, those teams that are pretty much consistently the same all the time. I mean, Geelong's another one of those teams that two weeks ago or three weeks ago when they lost to Carlton, people were like, oh, their forward line's dysfunctional, Gary Ablett's too old, and now it's like, oh, no, they're premiership favourites. Yeah. <laughs> West Coast are premiership favourites again. They've won two games in a row. It's an easy season to see the upside. Well, who can't win it? Yeah. Tell me that. Let's start with, at this stage of the season... Let's don't tell me who can win it because no one knows who's going to okay. actually win it in this like you know season we're living in and all the things that are happening. But tell me who right now can't win it. Okay, before I say who can't win it, I know that by saying this, I'm going to doom the Saints to lose them this weekend because we have them this weekend. But Adelaide can't win it. <laughs> now watch them beat us on the weekend. I mean. I wish I had a way out of that because I know I've just mozzed them, but there was there was a direct question. I had to answer it, but Adelaide can't win it and therefore they will beat us this weekend. Well, I think maybe this is a long-term plan by Rats and he's looked at, right. this, at the fixture and he's gone, yeah. there's no way we can beat Adelaide coming off a win. It's just, it's just too much. So we've got to come off a loss, a good loss, yeah. but come off a loss so that everybody's sharp for the Adelaide game. We don't want to be the, the one team that Adelaide beats this season. So that's Rats' backs against the wall. It's kind of a spin on backs against the wall. You've got to lose one to win one. Well, I think Rats is going to moneyball the season. He's had a look at the yeah. fixture. He realises, essentially he's taken sort of a, um, what's that, uh, the guy who's famous, the, the world famous investor, the, anyway, the, He's the guy who's like, you know, was the richest man in the world, gave away half of his fortune. Um, or oh, Scrooge, fortune. Mc, Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, Scrooge McDuck. And so <laughs> he's taking the Scrooge McDuck investment strategy, which is just, he's like, he's buying buying heavily when you, you know, someone's at a low and selling at a high. That's, yeah, it's a good, it's a good investment for this stra- strategy for this season, I think. Yeah, I think so. And so Warren Buffett. Oh, Warren Buffett. Yes. Uh, okay. So. Adelaide, I don't think, can win. Sydney, because of injuries, now that Heaney's out for the season, Kennedy's out for six weeks, I don't think Sydney can win it. I don't think mm-hmm. North can win it. But then again, maybe they can. I don't know. North seem to have all the tools. They're just not playing well. Um, I don't think Gold Coast can win it. You know what, North are? North are, remember that episode of Seinfeld about like the Two-Face lady? Don't remember. You know, so like, uh, Jerry had this girlfriend, yeah. a very Seinfeld sort of storyline. And in, when you saw her from some angles, she was really beautiful. And when you saw her from some <laughs> angles, she was like totally hideous. It was like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde sort of like storyline. And he would only date her in the place that had the good lighting. And anyway, that's that's North Melbourne. North Melbourne, when they look good, look amazing. But when they look terrible, you think, how could, How did I ever think that they looked amazing? Well, I think it's also without Ben Cunnington, they're a completely different side. Like with Cunnington and Zeeble, they've got two really sort of, uh, you know, midfield bulls. But then Cunnington goes out of the side, they lose half their intimidation factor. And it's also um, the way that they're playing. It's like this really slow go down the boundary line then kick long to Ben Brown, who's horribly out of form. And, I recognise this because this is how St Kilda played for like five years with Nick Revolt when we were, you know, coming off the back of those finals and heading down the ladder. Is like we knew we had one good player who would mark most things, but the problem is when when that doesn't work, you don't have any other 
You don't have a plan B. They don't have a plan B. Like the that is the biggest hot. Well, other than Rowell at Gold Coast, Cunnington at North Melbourne has been one of those things from this season that just makes me less interested in watching that team. <laughs> yeah, it really does. I mean, does the rest of the AFL world take as much notice of, as Ben Cunnington as we do? I mean, no. I don't think anyone <laughs> pays as much attention to Ben Cunnington as we do. In fact, I'm glad that Ben Cunnington doesn't have a phone because the amount of notifications he would get from our fucking bougie talking about Ben Cunnington. Like... Can you imagine how Ben Cunnington would deal with the news? With everything that we know about Ben Cunnington. Man of mm. few words. Lives on a farm. You know, has an old-fashioned phone. Only really opens up when he's out on the fishing boat. So he's out yep. on the fishing boat. And he's having one of his famous long-winded fishing conversations. <laughs> and somebody says to him, They <laughs> say, Ben, firstly, the hair looks amazing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just before I get to what I was going to get to. What if... They got like an aerodynamics person into the club. Because what is it with Cunnington? Is it his hamstring? What's he, what's he got? Ah, uh, something. Yeah, I don't know. Let's say hamstring. Okay. Podcast Mike, can you look up what Ben Cunnington's injury is? Um, but they come in and they say, so it's your hamstring, Ben Cunnington. We've uh, done a little aerodynamic of you running from last year and an aerodynamic of you running from this year. And we believe that it's your new hair transplant that's throwing out your running style and this is why you're getting all these soft tissue injuries. Are you willing for the North Melbourne Football Club, for the shin bonus spirit, to uh, shave off your new hair? I don't know what does Ben can, Cunnington say? I don't know you can shave off implants because then you get that weird doll hair effect. I think it's... Yeah, they say to him, you have to... A back injury. Back so injury. he's got a back injury. Your back's out. Because of your new heavy head of hair. You know how he has been hurting his back? Well, (laughs) reeling in those bloody big fish, mate. (laughs) Like, you've seen those chairs they sit in. He's reeling in a bloody giant 10-footer, mate. (laughs) Clearly, a guy doesn't fish. (laughs) I couldn't even pull up some cliched vernacular. Pull up uh, a 10-footer, mate. That's a a real splasher. Look at the tail on that fin boy. This guy's clearly never been fishing. He's been Cunnington's reeled in a 10-footer fin boy. And (laughs) because of the ergonomic design of his chair and his new haircut, because he's also wearing like extra protection on his head because he doesn't want to get his new hair all wet in the conditions. And it's throwing out his back. Yeah. And they say to him, Ben, the only way that you can stop throwing out your back is you have to shave your hair. And he said, but my head's going to look like a doll's head. And they say, Ben, there's no other solution. You have to shave off your implants. Does Ben Ben Cunnington do that? It's a good question because instinctively I'd say Ben Cunnington is the kind of guy who puts team first. You know what I mean? He doesn't kind of put on airs and graces. He just fucking gets, gets a job done. But having said that, the mere fact that he got plugs suggests he isn't that person. That he does take pride in his appearance. He does care what people think about him. I mean, he may be really blue collar and salt of the earth in every other aspect. But when it comes to, I guess, vanity, I don't want to say he's vain, but, you know, we all care about how we look. I think that's that's his Achilles heel. I mean, it's ironic that it's his back that's injured because I feel like it's that's his Achilles heel. It's his Achilles syndesmosis. Uh, sorry, well, i got to correct you. It's the dreaded syndesmosis. The dreaded syndesmosis. So Ben Cunnington, he goes into the office, whoever the head of North <laughs> Melbourne, and he goes in, like uh, uh, Bruce Shaw. Shaw's there. 
Reese Shaw's yeah. there in the office. I was trying to think of whoever their president is, but let's go with Reese Shaw. That'll do. Reese Shaw's in the office. No. Bob Ansett. <laughs> He's there with Bob Ansett. <laughs> He's there with the ghost of Bob Ansett. It's Reese Shaw and the ghost of Bob Ansett. And Ben Cunnington hobbles in with his beautiful head of hair, <laughs> carrying a 10-foot marlin, <laughs> puts it on the table for Reese, <laughs> and Reese pushes back across the table a pair of scissors and says, Ben, for the North Melbourne Football Club, we need you to make this sacrifice. Vanity, thy name is Ben, he says, and points his finger at Ben Cunnington. And he says, you've forgotten who you are, mate. You're a farm boy with a Nokia. You're not, you're not about this glamorous world of, you know, having hair. You're about North Melbourne, mate. Shaving off your hair and looking like an old-fashioned doll as you run around punching blokes in the guts behind the play. That's what, that's what we need at North Melbourne. <laughs> Does Ben Cunnington do it? I reckon Ben takes a moment to think about it and he's like, Reese, you know, I hate to say this, normally I put the team first, but my hair is my life, man. Like, it's like I'm like Hercules. You take this away from me, I lose all my strength. But you're not. You're Hercules. Shaw- uh, this is literally what we're saying. <laughs> you used to be great. But now you're I'm terrible. A, you're yeah. reverse Hercules. You've got to run I mean. all the way. Yeah, sorry. I'm a Hercules. <laughs> so I reckon then what happens is Reese Shaw shares a, like a knowing look with the ghost of Bob Ansett. Oh. And then Reese touches like a button under his desk and a drawer slides out with a coded, coded uh, uh, like a, like electronic um, a number code. Yeah. And he punches in a number. And you hear this. <laughs> and he takes out a vial. Wait. You know what's in that no, vial, Will? You know, wait. I imagine he doesn't take out a vial. I imagine he takes out like one of those suitcases that they keep pathogens in in science fiction movies. Yeah. And so they unlock it. There's just like dry ice comes out and there's just yeah. these vials in there. Yeah. He says, we had to boil down 17 X players to get this. We're running an illegal Shinbona Spirit factory. Underneath Arden Street. Because I don't know if you know this, Will, but all these ex-North Melbourne footballers have been disappearing <laughs> off the streets, especially premiership players. It's odd. Disappearing without a trace. And suddenly Arden Street is flush with thin motor spirit. I tell you, it doesn't add up. So I reckon Reese hands him one of the vials and he says, mate, this is our top shelf shinbone spirit. Made with the essence of, I don't know, who's like the most legendary dead North Melbourne player? Um, Peter Crimmins? I know he's Hawthorne. Uh, uh, Wayne Shimovich, still alive. Malcolm Blight, still alive. <laughs> There's got to be... Who's the most legendary North Melbourne player who's dead? Um, Keith Gregg. Keith Gregg. Made with... This is, a, this is 97% Keith Gregg. We topped it up <laughs> with a bit of... Uh, we topped it up with a bit of uh, Anthony Stevens, who we had left over. <laughs> Still alive. But anyway, it's, it's 97% pure. You can have all of it, mate. You're going to win a brown load this year, but you've got to cut your hair. What do you reckon Cunnington does? Does uh, he take the shin bonus spirit? Yeah, he cuts his hair. I think he's a, he's, a, he's a guy who takes the shin bonus spirit and he cuts his hair. So that leads me to the next question. Right. Ben Cunnington's out on the boat. Yeah. He's having a chat with one of his mates in one of his famous long-winded <laughs> conversations he has on his boat. And his mate says, Ben, I know you're not really up with Twitter and Facebook and TikTok and Instagram, and you probably don't know what a podcast is. And Ben Cunnington goes, taps his 
trusty AM radio <laughs> that he has out on his boat. No, he ha- he, ta- he, ta- he pats his trusty crystal set that his grandfather used to <laughs> yes. listen to when Bradman made his first century against the Palms. <laughs> and he says, this is the only podcast I need out here on the seas, pulling in 10-footers. Finn boys. <laughs> ben, there's a podcast. And Ben's like, what's a podcast? Well, it's like a radio show, I guess, but no one's asked them to make it. It's just people who've decided to make their own radio show for reasons that people don't really know. It's free, so no one can really stop them from doing it. Ben's like, sounds un- sounds weird, sounds unusual, but, you know, each to their own. Fair enough. He goes, it's a football podcast. Let a thousand f- f- flowers bloom. <laughs> he says, it's a football podcast. He goes, oh, I love Sam Newman. No, not that one. Uh, but the, it is a football podcast. And oh, what do they talk about on their football podcast? Well, to be honest, Ben, <laughs> you. <laughs> like, is there a player? Like, Ben Cunnington has this entire world that he would not know about. Because there's no way that Ben Cunnington knows about this podcast. And we talk about more, Ben Cunnington mm. more than members of Ben Cunnington's own family talk about Ben Cunnington. Like, <laughs> we have a segment on this show where fans of this podcast write in fan fiction about Ben Cunnington <laughs> and Matt Five. Can you imagine how long that boat trip would have to be for you to sit down and explain to Ben Cunnington what a podcast was how much we talked about him and then what fan fiction was <laughs> and that we read fan, like it would be like finding a tribe in the Amazon that had never met another human and trying to explain shit to them. Do you think that he would be, would Ben Cunnington be the kind of guy who'd be tempted to listen or would he be, I just don't look, I just, I just stay away from that stuff. Absolutely stay away from it. It would not be for him, I imagine. Yeah. Should we test the theory out? <laughs> Should we say something really bad about Ben Cunnington? I can't. I can't say I'm anything too, bad I, about Ben Cunnington. I wouldn't do it. You I'm almost said that he wouldn't shave off his new hair to get North Melbourne a premiership. That was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Who do you think can't win the flag? Uh, I believe that um, North Melbourne probably can't. I think that Adelaide can't. I think that Melbourne can't. I think that... Melbourne can't. Yeah, I don't think that Melbourne can. I think Melbourne are not great. Um, it gives me no pleasure this year, but I don't think that Melbourne are very good. Uh, I don't think that Gold Coast could win it. No. That's okay, though, because this is this is just the year. Gold Coast are just doing some... They're, they're all about just getting the brand established. And, I mean, it's so great that Matt Rao goes out and Isaac Rankin comes in because it's like two great flavors, <laughs> you know, they're completely different, but you get excited for the same reasons. Like I've been following Isaac Rankin. I remember reading about him on a footy forum years ago. And so before his, a year before his draft, I was watching highlights of him playing junior footy. And I was like, this fucking kid is unbelievable. He reminded me a bit of Gavin Wanganeen when he was younger. He had this sort of floppy hair when Wanganeen was playing for, for Port Adelaide, just that kind of freakish ability. And it was just, it's just astounding. Like just to see a kid step up and completely be like, uh, completely not uh, overawed by the situation. Like he looked like, he looked like he's he's been doing this for years. I heard an interview with him and I mean, it's hard. When you see stats, 
you can't imagine how excited people were about him. But then when you actually see any vision of those stats, you're like, oh, yeah, oh boy. He's like a, he came in and played his first game like he was a superstar of the game. And it was a little Wanganine like. I think that still, like, you know, that just that he felt like every time he got the ball, every everything else slowed down and he just had so much time and so and so i heard an interview with him and he was saying that you know he was pretty nervous about it you know playing the game and right and then he got out there in the middle and just was like oh no this is where i'm meant to be and that's how he played and it was like it was amazing that he he actually thought that he was like this is what i've worked so hard for it's actually taken me longer to get to this point than you know, I would have expected and now I'm here and I'm not going to waste a minute of it. I fucking loved it. I That's why I'm a bit cynical about all these people complaining about the state of the game and stuff because I feel like the last two years has thrown up such a wide variety of great young footballers. Like I feel like, you know, you get dribs and drabs, but I can't remember a time where so many good kids were coming through at once. Like every team has at least one kid that you're like, oh my God. You know, in two years, that that player is going to be amazing. Every every club, it feels like, has a franchise player, which is exciting, isn't it? Like it does feel like that. It feels like the old days where you're just like, you know, you could have a guy like Chris Grant, and he wasn't considered the best player in the competition mm. because there were a bunch of other players, you know, as good as Chris Grant playing for other teams, and that's what it feels like a bit at the moment, where yeah. you're just like, yeah, I could see. Most like I mean I can't believe how quickly I've turned around on the Gold Coast. Me either. All it took was knowing the names of two players, Matt Rowe and and Ian Rankin, the Scottish crime author. Yeah. I, <laughs> but Wits is good. No, and like, it's Isaac Yankum. I thought that they were weird. Isaac Yankumvich. Yeah. I um I thought that it's late. I've been drinking. I'm so sorry. Um, I love I just think that suddenly Gold Coast look like the team they should have looked like, you know, 10 years ago. Yes, definitely. And I think it's also maybe this season has given them license to uh, just, you know, just go out and play their natural style of football. What feels different about the Gold Coast this year is that it feels like kind of like GWS have all these amazing players in all these different positions and stuff. And it feels like they all just give it, get given license to do what they do really well. So if you're, you know, a halfback flanker, then you just fucking follow the ball and rack up possessions and slingshot, you know, and start attacks and all that kind of stuff. If you're a midfielder bull, just dive on the ball and knock blokes down, all that kind of stuff. But it felt like Gold Coast, when they were bringing in these established coaches like Rodney Eden stuff, is they said, oh, we've got these talented kids. Let's now give them a game plan. Whereas I feel like, and I this is me talking out of my ass, is that Stewie Jew has just taken the taken the reins off and is like, just go play your natural game. And it looks amazing for it. Like even Lacocious, is am I saying that right? Jack Lacocious. Like he's not getting much of a mention. He's had a really good year and he's like their fourth or fifth best player. Uh, they, they suddenly look like they have a dozen good players. Yeah. And I mean, that's what having those couple of good players you know, those couple of new exciting players does to it, doesn't it? Because you then suddenly yeah. invigorate everybody. And I think there's a sense of, oh yeah, well, if that person's playing really well, I think there's probably a sense with Rankin that you watch Rao come in and dominate. 
you think, well, maybe I could come in and dominate it as well. And he yeah. did. Like he basically was like, Matt Rowe can't win the Rising Star. Oh, great. I'll win the Rising Star. Do you, know, do you feel like um, on the flip side of that, GWS, because of their really slow start, that, you know, maybe there would be some sort of doubt creeping in. It's like, well, we've had all this talent. We've been thereabouts for four years. Since, what, the prelim in 2016, they've been thereabouts. And they didn't, they got humiliated last year and they've had this really slow start. And it's like, well, maybe we went as far as we can with that group. Like, there's no doubt about their talent and they pushed it as far as they went, but maybe as far as they go still leaves them short of the best team in the competition. I feel like GWS's premiership comes with one of their newer players being a Raul or a Rankin or a Norton or a, you know, whatever. One of those players that comes in because it feels like at the moment they're still trying to get it done on those pre-existing stars. And you feel like, I mean, they've got a good new kid, GWS. One of their like first years is, is a gun. I can't remember what his name was, but I watched him play a couple of games and thought he was really good. So I think maybe that's it. You need that sort of your Chris Judd at West Coast, that sort of gun younger player who comes in and then just takes that rest of that team that is still pretty good to that next level. Or maybe it's a different coach. It does sort of feel like... If you have multiple attempts at the finals and then a losing grand final, it does sort of feel like there is some scarring. I know it happened with the Saints and Ross Lyon. Like after two losing grand finals and then having a pretty average final season, everyone was kind of sick of each other. Like the players didn't want to play for him and he didn't want to play for them. And But if you're Leon Cameron, let's say GWS, and I, this might not be right, but I think it's close to right. GWS made the prelim in 2016. In 2017? Mm -hmm. No. No. Nah. I'd like... Uh, uh, Podcast Mike, can you look up uh, the finals, uh, the preliminary final from 2016 onwards? 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019. And then 2020, we obviously... this is That's this year. But 2019, they made it to the grand final. I reckon they might have made the three mm. preliminary finals before that. So on paper, that's a coach that has taken a team to three preliminary finals in a row and then a grand final. And just because they lost that grand final mm. and they had a couple of bad games this year, you're suddenly talking about, is it time to move on the coach? He has one of the best records of any coach in the fucking AFL. Yeah, I'm not saying move him on now, but I imagine... Oh, that's what you said, Charlie. They... You, I remember you saying, <laughs> Leon Cameron must be sacked now. You said he's been given a Ferrari and he said he doesn't know how to drive the Ferrari. Well, I just reckon it'll be the, a, a, a test of the board at GWS, a test of their nerve. If they... Because you could argue that if they finish, in, if they maybe even make they fi make finals, but say they just sneak into the finals, they don't make a prelim, then you could argue, well, they've peaked, they've gone up and up and up and up and up, grand final, and now they're on the way down. If we snuck into the bottom half of the eight, we may bomb out of the eight. So either the discussion will be, well, do we give him another year to see if we can go back up, and and if he, if you know, maybe we give him some benchmarks he has to hit, but I think that. They'll be pretty. They'll need to be pretty decisive because that list is not going to be around forever. They'll get poached again at the end of this year. There'll be players. Well, actually, I was going to say there'll be players who want to go home, but maybe not to Melbourne. Right, they won't be maybe, able to go. Maybe home. this will be a good <laughs> retention. GWS year. will yeah. just be like, well, you might want to go home, mate, but how are you going to get across the fucking border? <laughs> All right. So, okay, so 2018, they did not make the preliminary final, but so other than that, they made the prelim. In 2016 and 2017, and they made the grand final in 2019. That's a pretty impressive yeah. 
record as a coach. Yeah, but it didn't make it in 2018, so I reckon give him the sack. <laughs> it's after dark, Will. We come here for all your hot button topics and controversial opinions. Is there any coach, okay, if you're second coaches, is there any coach who gets sacked at yeah. the end of this season or will we have a season where no team moves on with a coach other than maybe John Worsfold, you know, that obviously is already in the works. But... I, I reckon the only one who would be, and it will depend on ladder position, if Melbourne finished middle of the road, say like 10th or something, I reckon Simon Goodwin gets another year. But if they finish bottom four again then there's a chance he could go. Who would you like to see coach Melbourne? Um, Do Melbourne need a former Melbourne player who's like oh. going to you know bring them back to greatness or do they need like an outside... Like as Goodwin's an outside voice, maybe they have to go back to a Melbourne legend. Are there any Melbourne legends who are in the coaching ranks? Oh, you know who I'd Alan like to see. Alan Jakovic. <laughs> <laughs> Taking the Gold Coast philosophy. It's like, well, Stewie Jew. And it's like, I don't think it has anything to do with his body shape. Well, I'm just saying I'm going to try something. Uh, I reckon Ross Lyon would be a good fit at Melbourne. I reckon... Um, yes. I reckon there'd be no fucking around there. Like, Ross does not suffer fools gladly. <laughs> there's a great... Uh, there's a, a video that's on at the moment. Ross Lyon's doing so much press at the moment. It's like some sponsored content piece for Jim Bean or something. But it's him and Zach Dawson having a chat about... Zach Dawson's career. Because you remember Zach Dawson started at Hawthorne and there's that game where he got absolutely monstered by Anthony Rocker. He was this skinny 19-year-old and it became kind of like synonymous with being out of your element like Zach Dawson. And so when the Saints drafted him, you know, it was like, why the fuck are you getting this you know, kid to your club? And so they talk about it. He had a really good season that first year with us. Like he played on Barry Hall first up and everyone was like, oh my God, this kid's going to get like 40 goals kicked on him. But he actually beat him in that game. And then as we've talked about on this podcast before, in that 2009 grand final, like he almost won that game for us because before the toe poke, the ball goes to Gary Ablett, Zach Dawson leaves his man, affects a spoil, had the right idea. If he'd taken the body out, we would have won that ball and won the grand final. But in this uh, video, Ross is chatting to him and the week of the grand final in 2009, Zach Dawson had food poisoning and he was on a drip the night before. He was on a drip on the way to the ground. In the change rooms before the grand final, he was on a drip. And he was like, he said, you know, he was just trying to kind of keep focused and not think about putting it at the back of his mind. And Ross stops him and is like, you realize if you fuck this up, it's all on you. That's <laughs> all like, like, words, words to that effect. You know, you got to live with this. If you've made the, if you've made the wrong call, you got to live with it. I Thanks, coach. have listened to a little bit more football media in the last couple of weeks. I, I hadn't really listened to any in the first part of the season, but as we've got back into the footy, I've started to get back into the footy media and I've heard a lot of Ross Lyon and you were absolutely 100% correct. He is AFL MVP, you know, number one draft choice, the Matt Rowell of football commentary. Ross Lyon is... Hilarious. The only reason I don't want to see Ross coach again is I would hate to lose Ross from the football media. He is so fucking funny. I love listening to him. So so dry, like isn't he? That's but his smart. Name. Like, and I like his life philosophy when he talks about things. Like I, a lot of what he says makes sense to me. Like, so he'll be funny, but then when he talks about, you know, like when a player's in trouble or whatever, and he, he you know, he talks a lot about that idea of like you you judge the action, not the person. And, you know, all these philosophies that he has around, you know, dealing with young men. And- he's got credits on the board. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's got, he's got credits. He's got, he's got tickets. He's got credits on the board. 
So something like that. That's what he said. He's yeah, he's super entertaining in the media, Ross Lyon. But I'd love to see him coach Melbourne because that'd also make him so mad. Yeah, exactly. But they would not get away with that shit, would they? Like, you you just imagine Ross is the kind of guy who does not put up with any any malarkey. You know, did you know? I'm sure you know this because you've been listening to a lot of Ross Lyon as well. But did you know that when he was like when he finished playing football at one stage, I think he went back and played again. But he was working at a petrol station. No. Yeah, so he spent a period of time just working full-time at a petrol station after he'd been like a really famous AFL footballer. So it'd be the equivalent, <laughs> basically, of like... So not a huge star player, but if you just went into like um, your local, um, you know, 7-Eleven or whatever and Harry Himmelberg was working there. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that story he told on... Uh, it's, I think it's called The Coach. It's that 15-minute pod he does with Damien Barrett. And the very first episode, yeah. he tells a story about when he accidentally put the cat through the, the washing machine, his pet cat. It is. Do yourself a favour. Listen to the last five minutes of that episode. It comes out of nowhere, this story, about him accidentally putting his cat through the wash. And it is one of the funniest fucking things I've ever heard. The two of them are just like... They can't even breathe. They're laughing so hard as he's telling this story. It's actually a lot like this podcast. You tune in to hear football analysis and then you hear about Ross Lyon putting his cat through the wash. <laughs> well, that was the thing at Fremantle. You had to wash your own cat. It wasn't a club where they had washers for the cats post games. Uh, I need to keep this as a shorter episode tonight. So why don't we get mm -hmm. into our correspondence? Okay. If you want to send us uh, an email, you can at uh, two guys one cup afl at gmail. Dot com. That's the number two, the number one, two guys, one cup, AFL at gmail.com. And we love a pocket profile, Will, don't we? We do. Who you got? Uh, well, we've got uh, uh, someone uh, sent, sorry, I'll just find the person's name. Finn. Finn boy. <laughs> Finn boy. The fish that uh, Ben Cunnington catches sent us in a, a pocket profile of a Swans player because he thought it would be helpful to us to find out some more info about our our, uh, our Sydney Swans. Um, this is a pocket profile of Jordan okay. Dawson. First question. Have you ever heard of Jordan Dawson? Uh, yeah, he's uh, Smokey Dawson's <laughs> son. What, who invented the reclining chair. What position does he play in? Jordan Dawson. Yeah. Um, Jordan Dawson. <laughs> Jordan Dawson is... He sounds like someone from Beverly Hills 90210 or one of those sort of shows. Yeah, the that Oster. sounds made up. Oh my God, who's that new guy in town? Oh, that's Jordan Dawson. Um, Jordan Dawson... Uh, or he sounds like something that annoys the Swedish chef would make. Jordan Dawson. Uh, so, so Jordan Dawson. Um, you put to Jordan and to Dawson. Uh, he's a, a back pocket. No, he's a midfielder. Okay. Okay. Jordan Dawson. Uh, this is from the sydneyswans.com.au. Versatile midfielder Jordan Dawson is the latest to take part in our pocket profile series. Uh, so which senior player first took you under their wing? He's a midfielder. So I'm going to say yep. another midfielder. I'm going to say uh, Luke Parker. Correct. Oh, really? Do you have any... Do, yeah. I, <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is my first ever victory on pocket profile pocket. Yeah. Follow-up follow question. Uh, name me two other Sydney Swans midfielders. Uh, Ray Parker and Ray Parker Jr. <laughs> Duh. Do you have any pre-game rituals? Um, I'll yeah. give you a hint. It's what he eats at breakfast. Okay, yes. Uh, so, well, we learned that Georgie Hewitt likes some banana bread, but I feel like, um, what's this guy's name? Jordan Dawson. Jordan Dawson, I believe... <laughs> 
he's not a he's not a banana bread guy, Jordan Dawson, is he? This is more something you'd make in your own home. Yeah. This isn't something that you would have at a cafe. That's what I'm sensing. Uh you'd get it at a kind of hipster cafe, but it has like a homely feel about it. Bircher if you combine Bircher muesli. No. It's avocado on toast with Vegemite. Oh. Okay. You know how you get that in some hipster cafes? That's pretty hip. Uh, Who has had the most influence in your career? My father, Smokey Dawson, who invented the reclining chair. (laughs) No, um, I think that it would be his dad. Well, his parents, mum and dad, both both raised him well. Growing up, who was your favourite player? And he played for the Crows. Uh, Andrew McLeod. Mark Rusciuto. Funniest thing a fan has said over the fence. Um, who are you? Seriously, who are you? <laughs> Who's that guy with the mustache? Could you introduce me to Dayton Rampy? It's something to do with a teammate. Um, it's not about him. Someone yelled something out to one of his teammates. Okay, because they didn't know who and he was. And I don't was. know what this reference means. Okay, I don't know either then. I'm okay. not going to guess. Someone told Callum Mills he looks like Winston. What's Who's Winston? W-Y... N-S-T-A-N? Is that like a musician or something? Oh, uh, my, something a million years old? Is that a TikTok star or something? My, Michael, can you look up uh, uh, Winston? W-Y-N-S-T-A-N? I remember there was a, um an advertising jingle in Sydney about Winston with a Y. Do you know, like it's some sort of shop, Winston with a Y. Yeah. Could that be who it is? <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Here's, here's the good news. We, we've taken the time to uh, look up Winston, and it is Winston with a Y. And he's a cartoon character and also a uh, kind of mascot style cartoon character. And I've got to say, he looks a lot like Callum Mills. That is a ridiculously good sledge. Well, I'm looking currently at a picture of Callum Mills and a picture of Winston with a Y. And that is, I'm on board. Uh, okay. Teammate most likely to coach? Um, uh, Josh Kennedy. Callum Mills. Winston has eyes on the prize. Teammate most likely to be club president or CEO? Um, Luke Parker. I've never, I've never heard of this player oh, okay. before. And I, I'm assuming he's, he's, he's an Irish import, um, if that helps you. Uh, no, don't know. Colin O'Reardon. Okay. Uh, who is uh, your funniest teammate? Uh, Callum Mills. Because he looks like Winston with the Y. <laughs> Ryan Clark? <laughs> Ryan Clark, do you know who that is? Yeah, oh, sorry, he's my funniest teammate because I mostly play in the seconds. So he plays in the seconds as well. We both play in the New South Wales League. Who has or had the best haircut in the game's history? And this is a popular oh, choice. Current player or uh, previous player? A uh, uh, past. Well, it can be either. Current, uh, no, but as in, is is it... Best haircut in the game's history. Is his answer a current player or a... Well, I'm not. I'm not giving. I'm not giving you a hint. You just have to guess. You tell me who you think had the best haircut in the game's history, and if it lines up, then you win. All right. <laughs> Don't make me uh, change the rules on you. Jason Johannesson from the Western Bulldogs. Fraser Gehrig again. Okay, here's some questions about him. Do you have any secret party tricks? Yes. Yes, he does. Um, he... It's called the pressed fruit bowl. No, he he can, he can limbo, and he learnt that in his father Smokey Dawson's reclining chair. His spine can actually. I don't no, no. I don't think Jordan understood the question because his answer does not sound like a party trick. He says his party trick is I drink cider. Mm. <laughs> no would have been the more appropriate answer. 
Do you have any party yeah. tricks? No. At which store would you like to max out your credit card? A sporting store? Oh, this is brilliant. <laughs> I don't think he understands questions or English because I've asked him at what store would you like to max out your credit card and he's given them a website. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's what young people consider stores these days. They shop online. He has some sort of website that he wants to go to. Yeah, but this is not like Amazon. This is, it's realestate.com.au. I mean, that's smart. Like, I, I was thinking like Rebel Sport or whatever. What are you going to do? Buy a treadmill and some fucking sneakers. But he's going to realestate.com.au and he's going to max out by just buying real estate. It's the only way you can afford real estate in Sydney. What are three things left on your bucket list? Okay, I'll give you hints on these one. Um, one is to visit another country. Uh, one has to do w- one one has to do with going to another country. One has to do with cricket, and one is to meet a, another famous athlete. Okay, so the the first one is to um, go to England to meet Mike Gatting and to hang out with Mike Gatting. <laughs> I should have pointed out they're not all related but I do like the idea Um, he's a huge Mike Gatting fan (laughs) he'd like to go the ball Shane Warne's ball of the century was the worst day of his life he always says it Um, I I can't wait to meet Alan Lamb (laughs) where's Beefy at (laughs) it's weird all his references seem to be the references of a 43 year old man (laughs) <laughs> want to go to England to meet Gladstone Small <laughs> I want to go to England um, to meet Phil Tufnell <laughs> cannot catch cannot field cannot catch or field oh man okay um, um, alright all so right. he wants to go to Japan no Ireland Okay. Um, he wants... Uh, the next one is to play... Something, something to do with, with cricket. cricket. Yeah. He wants to watch... He wants to play for Australia in cricket. He wants to bowl a hooping, in-swinging Yorker to Harry Cunningham. Oh, okay. All right. And then... And the last one uh, is to meet a famous athlete. A famous sports person. Uh, he would and, like to And meet, he's a popular... Popular amongst AFL footballers. He would like to meet LeBron James. There you go. What do you order at the bar? A cider. <laughs> no, that's his party trick, mate. Doesn't bust it out for everyone. Oh, sorry. Uh, what is the most <laughs> fucking drink five of these and piss your pants and get into a fight drinks? Uh, Jack and Coke. Southern Comfort. <laughs> uh, we were joking before about him having the refer- references of a 43-year-old, but... His answer to the first album you bought is telling. Um, it, it makes him feel like a 43-year-old or it makes him feel oh, older. Young. Even older. No, it makes him even older than a 43-year-old. Paul Simon's Graceland. Bruce Springsteen. Oh. First concert you okay. attended? Uh, Bruce Springsteen. Coldplay. Something about you we wouldn't know. Everything. Has to do with Literally God. Has to do with every God. single thing. <laughs> what you look like. Where you play, who you are. It has to do with golf? Yeah. But it's kind of... The way he's answered it is a Kobayashi Maru. Because... Anyway. <laughs> we'll guess and then I'll tell you what his answer is. That he once got a hole in the one in golf. That would be the logical thing to say, right? Mm-hmm. But his answer is... 
I'm waiting to get a hole in one. Now, is that... <laughs> because that's, that's a concept. Is that If I said, Will, tell me something about you that no one knows, and you said, uh, I've never done a good podcast. <laughs> no, people know that. People are very well aware of that. In fact, the only reason they keep listening is the hope that one day we'll nail it and stop. Because <laughs> it's just, it's not a fact. It's something that hasn't happened yet. I mean... If I said to you that I, the way I would answer that is maybe it would surprise you. It's something that we don't know about you. If you said to me, Will, what's something we don't know about you? And I said, I'd really love to get a hole in one in golf. That would be yes, something you that don't makes know more about sense. Me. But if I said, yeah. I'm waiting to get one, you'd be like, what are you talking about? That's not how it works. <laughs> it's such a weird way of phrasing it. Okay. What's his favorite holiday destination? Um, uh, he, well, apart from when he's in England visiting all his favourite English cricket stars. <laughs> Late 80s cricketers. Um, he likes to go to the USA. Yeah, well, just south of the USA, a party town south of the USA. He like Mexico. Yep. Where do all the spring breakers love to go? Um, uh, no, tell me. Cancun! Oh, Cancun. Uh, his, yeah. fav- his favourite movie? Is a popular choice with our good mate Justin Hamilton. Uh, uh, Inception. Interstellar. Favorite uh, TV series. Okay, his favorite movie is Interstellar. That's interesting. Mm. I'm suddenly more interested in him now, just based on that. We should have started with the movie and worked backwards because now I'm more <laughs> intrigued by who this kid is. Well, maybe that's if if he's if he likes Chris Nolan movies. You know, maybe that's why he gave that answer of I'm waiting to get a hole in one. Maybe that's yeah. some kind of inception kind of shit that's going on. Yeah. I'm waiting to get a hole in one universe when I see <laughs> Tenet on the first day at the cinemas. Favourite TV series? Um, his favourite TV series, uh, How I Met Your Mother. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Entourage. Entourage. Favourite okay. carb? Uh, pasta. No. They always say pasta, but he's his oh, bread. He's a man after your they own. They always say pasta. Man after your own heart. Yeah, absolutely. First meal after the season. What does he love to? What's the first thing he orders? He loves to chow down on toasted sandwich, <laughs> pizza. Uh, oh yeah, okay. What's bready? Coriander? Yes or no? No, absolutely not. Uh, and a secret. Who would you like to swap places with for one day? Mike Gunning. And when Shane Warne bowled that ball at me, I would smack him out of the park. And then Mike Gatting would be the most famous cricketer in the world. Um, is it a sports person? Yes. Uh, LeBron James. Correct. Ding, 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 ding. That was Jordan Dawson. Uh, Liam writes into his will. Thanks for your praise of my last letter. It made my week. Loving the movie suggestions. I heard one for Face Off with the Scott Brothers, but I thought it lacked a proper villain or hero. So here's my alternative version. How's that about this? The listeners are giving each other script notes now. It's <laughs> good. It's a punch up. I like yeah. it. It's very on brand for the Scott brothers. Okay. So deep in the bowels of the hangar, the seedy figures who run the Essendon Football Club have a conundrum. Their lack of proper success in recent years. Uh, I don't know. They seem to be doing okay this season. <laughs> Maybe you need a rewrite. They realised that, apart from pumping the players with poison, James Herb was pretty decent. Was a pretty decent coach. But of course, they could never bring him back as is. The AFL won't allow it. So, how do they get the coach with James Herb's ability but someone else's face? 
Enter Stephen Dank, who proposes a risky face swap as the way to bring back Heard. But who to swap with? The best candidate is the current Essendon icon, someone that no one would ever question if he was suddenly By the way, the coach. I got, I got confused. Like, I thought he was going to face swap with Stephen Dank, and I was like, I'm already <laughs> that, in. That's... Like, I was like, take my money. This is the best idea of all time. Stephen Dank comes to the fucking club and says, I know I've caused you a lot of pain, but I think I've got a way to get your hurdy back. You just have to face swap with me. The best candidate is current Essendon icon, someone that no one would ever question if you suddenly brought into coach. The answer is obvious, Joe Watson. Job yeah, is living right. his life when he suddenly blacks out. And when he wakes up, he's disheveled in a park and everyone keeps giving him the stink eye. But why? He wanders in front of a mirror and TV shop. <laughs> and in the mirror, he sees the face of his mortal enemy, James Hurd. His attention then goes to the TV where he sees himself, Hurd, with Job's face, being announced as the new Essendon coach. No one will believe him when he tries to tell them that he's Job with Hurd's face. So he approaches his father. He tells Tim something that only Job would know, but Tim is not convinced. Job Heard smiles and says, I'll show you. Cut to Tim and Job Heard recruiting other suspended Essendon ex-players who are also unconvinced, but each time Job Heard says, I'll show you, and it cuts away. Heard Job is, is successful as a coach and gets Essendon to the grand final against GWS. On grand final day, Job Heard gets the Essendon ex-players, Dirty Dozen style, to smuggle him into the MCG. As the teams stand facing each other for the anthem, suddenly the lights go out. I'm a big wrestling fan. And when they come back on, Job Heard is standing in the middle of the ground with something under a curtain. He has a mic, so he tells his story. But her, jo but her Job just laughs and points out how ridiculous it is. Job Heard smiles and says, I'll show you, and pulls back the curtain. It's a coffee machine. And reveals, it's a coffee machine. And this is how he convinced all the Essendon players. If you're really Job, you can make me a mocha latte. But of course, her Job cannot. <laughs> and the gig is up. <laughs> Job Heard. <laughs> I'd like to think at the same time, he also reaches into her Job's pockets and just reveals all these handmade chocolates. <laughs> Look at it. Your pockets are filled with handmade chocolates. Job Heard appeals to the current Essendon players to turn on their coach. When the twist comes, all the current Essendon players know it's Heard. They've always known and they were the sneaky, seedy figures to begin with. But suddenly, out of nowhere, an unlikely hero, Toby Green, sprints across the square and fly kicks Herd Job. I think I'm going to make him in my I'm going to make him in my every film character, uh, the you can do it guy. And a melee breaks out. Herd Job and Job had fight it out, but the hero is too strong, and everything works out in the end. Okay, that ran a little longer than I planned. Keep up the great podcast, Go Lions. Awesome, Liam. Thank you for writing it again, Liam. So far, he's the Quentin Tarantino. Of our AFL fan fiction. He's open to notes and I appreciate that. So um, I've just got one note. Could yep. Toby Green not kick Joe Botson's face back onto the actual Job? Could we not <laughs> Could we not add? Because it petered out a little bit at the end. We felt like we were jamming Toby Green in. Could Toby not come in and kick both their faces off back onto their original bodies? Uh, we'll need to wrap it up. Um, so let's look ahead to the games this week. Starting tonight, probably when you're listening to this podcast, we have the Cats taking on the Pies. Uh, I don't even know where this is anymore. OS. Uh, what does that mean? Was that somewhere in Queensland or Sydney? Yeah, overseas. Overseas. <laughs> New Zealand. <laughs> Optus Stadium, Perth. So it's the Cats taking on the Pies, second versus fifth. Both of them had wins last week. 30,000 30, people at the game at Optus Stadium. Is that right? Yeah. No. Yeah, 
30,000 people, I believe, at this game at Optus Stadium on the weekend. That doesn't sound smart. <laughs> Doesn't sound smart at all to me, but apparently it sounds smart to other people who are not me, so they're going to do it. Holy shit. Okay. Um, who wins this game, Will? Are the Pies back against the wall, or after last week's win, they're sort of back off the wall now? It's, it's hard to tell. Dugowie's back. Does that put... Battle of the potential... I would say battle of the potential okay. premiers. I feel like this, this game could be... Whoever wins this might win the whole fucking thing, is my guess. But I think I like mm. Geelong. I listened to Paddy Dangerfield on uh, Jared Waitley's show this week, and he was just talking about their attitude is very much like every question that Jared asked him was like, "We've just pledged that we're going to do whatever it takes. If we have to be away for two months, we'll be away for two months. We'll sort it out." But we're all. It just sounded like a team that have decided, "Hey, we could win this. Like, yeah, we've got an aging list. This might actually really suit us." We can go away, and with our experience, we can, we can, you know, we can steal this one. And I think that they, they've got a real Ocean's Eleven feel about them, Geelong. Yeah, yeah. You know? One last mission. One last mission. I reckon we can rob this casino. And the fact that they are actually staying at the casino over in Perth, I think it's gone. Geelong, I'm saying, are going full Ocean's Eleven and Geelong win. Uh, well, the Pies, according to the bookmakers, are favourites. So I'm going to follow people with a gambling issue and say the Pies for me. Uh, on Friday night, the Bombers take on your boys. Um, now, if recent Bulldogs history is to be believed, you will win this game because you beat the teams above you and lose to the ones below you. So fourth versus twelfth coming off a humiliating loss, a really, really humiliating. And I think, you know, we really just skipped over it uh, tonight, but uh, I'll let you get away with that one. It was terrible. It was horrible. Carlton were great. I will say that. Carlton were excellent. Carlton played really well, but the Bulldogs were terrible. Like our best plan is that we're good at beating sides that are above us. That's why we won in 2016. We had the Mm. perfect plan. Finish seventh, never (laughs) never play a team below you the entire way. And as long as we can orchestrate that again so that in the finals we don't have to play a team that's below us on the fucking ladder, we will be fine. But um, I hope that Essendon get too cocky and we win this one. I'm going to say the Bulldogs. Uh, I will also pick the Bulldogs because I think you guys tend to beat who you're not meant to beat. All right. On Saturday, the Giants take on the Lions. Um, hmm. um, Lions. I think the, yeah. Lions are good, I think. And... They look good in that first quarter, at least. Yeah, look... Like the Saints, they look good for yeah, a quarter. Yeah, that's right. Like, they weren't... I mean, that was not the best of the Lions, clearly, but I, I think that they still look pretty good, the Lions. I, I, they I, have to... This is one that they have to win to be taken seriously, right? GWS, who are kind of not on their knees, but are wobbling a bit. But that makes me think GWS will win this game. I think they have more to win, and they're such a professional unit. I'm picking the Giants. I'm going to say Brisbane bounce back. Uh, on Saturday afternoon, the Swans host the Suns. Well, they don't really host them. Oh, no, they do host them. It's the SCG. The Sydney Swans, Jordan Dawson's Sydney Swans take on um, Isaac Isaac Yankum's Gold Coast Suns. Who wins that game? I would say the Gold Coast Suns because it doesn't really do anyone any favours if Sydney win. But if the Gold Coast win, it's just a bit more fun and exciting for the competition. So I'm going to say the Gold Coast Suns. I hope Rankin can back it up second game. I get a strange feeling that everyone's been down on Sydney. They've lost two of their best players. I reckon that's a perfect recipe for the Bloods 
the bloods never say die spirit to get over the suns. I think I'm going to pick the swans and that's my lock of the week. Uh, Richmond hosts the kangaroos on Saturday night, 6th versus 16th. I mean... No Ben Cunnington. No Cunnington? No Cunnington, no North Melbourne. You know what I say. So it's got to be the Tigers, mm. I suppose. Yeah, the Tigers look pretty good. I mean, still missing a lot of players. Um, but where are they playing at? Metricon. Well, the thing about Metricon, Will, is that there's a lot of bikies up there. So when you get your shin bonus spirit, sometimes it can be a little cut. It's a little watered down. You know what I mean? It's harder to get up there. They sort of split it around the different motorcycle gangs. So you need more expensive too. The kangaroos, in these times, I mean, yeah. the kangaroos don't have that money to splash, splash around. <laughs> That's right. I mean, I don't know if they, if they, if they were able to get a hookup of Shin Spirit before they left Arden Street, then maybe they'll be okay. But if they're taking that shitty Gold Coast uh, uh, Shin Bonus Spirit that's cut with all kinds of stuff, then I don't reckon they can win. I'm going to pick the Tigers on Sunday. The Blues take on Port Adelaide. This could be the match Port of the round. Port. Yeah, Port. Three thirty <laughs> on Sunday. The Hawks take on the Demons. Uh, um, I think Hawthorne will win that. Just the kind of game where a wily old Hawthorne will embarrass a need to win Melbourne. Just seems like it's got it written all over it. Yeah, I'm going to say Hawthorne too. The Derby Derby is over in Perth. Dockers playing the Eagles. Um, I thought the Dockers are actually a lot better than everyone gave them credit for. I thought they were impressive against us. And if Nat Fife, another another week to get over his injury, he might be better. I don't know. I think the Eagles though. No, nah, the Eagles will win. Tim Kelly started to play good footy and uh, I think they'll get their mojo back being back in Western Australia. 30,000 people at that game, maybe, mm. if the one the two days before goes okay. <laughs> Jesus. And finally, Adelaide hosts the Saints. Uh, Saints really need to make a statement in this game. Adelaide, well, they just need to get through a game. <laughs> I mean, I can't see St Kilda losing. I like. I mean, I know you, you don't put want the muzzle in too now. Yeah, but there is just no way St Kilda can lose this game. I mean, it would be impossible for them to lose. It would be, <laughs> it would be Son proof that twenty twenty is the most top pity turvy of all years if Adelaide, the worst team in the history of the AFL, could possibly win this game against St Kilda, a potential premier. I fucking hate you. Don't do that. <laughs> Uh, thank you for listening everyone Um, uh, you can uh, support us by going to patreon.com forward slash tofop you can listen to our other podcast tofop Uh, you can also check out Willosophy which is Will's highbrow interview show who's on this week Will? Uh, when uh, people hear this uh, Bella Green was yesterday she's a comedian but also a full service sex worker pretty interesting chat and Nellie Thomas um, later on in this week and next week Former Prime Minister of Australia and Western Bulldogs and number one ticket holder Julia Gillard will be on philosophy. La di da, la di da. Look at you. Meanwhile, we get on. What's his name? Da. Winston. That's our celebrity guest. You know what? I'm going to ask Julia Gillard what she thinks about Ben Cunnington. (laughs) Play on. Not fifteen. Ball. We are two guys, one car.